This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to take your interviews and podcast episodes to the next level, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Visit poddex.com to get your Poddex today. This episode is powered by Poddex. edition of Talking Pop. It's the podcast and all things pop culture. I am and always your host, the franchise, and joining me is my brother from the same mother, the one, the only Biko. Hey guys. <laughs> to let you know, not, we're also sponsored by Poddex. Um, Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcasters like ourselves, and you want to look to grow your audience and get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddex.com. Make sure, make sure to use that promo code TALKPOP to save 10% off your first order. You know why? These things are cool. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or simply to gamify their podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Make sure to grab yours today at poddex.com and use the special promo code TALKPOP to save yourself 10% off your order. We'll also let you know we're also sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to create and start your own podcast. That's how we did it. So go go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's get on with the show. Hey guys, this is gonna be this is basically um basically your standard typical episode. Um if you joined us for the last three weeks, we didn't end up talking about karate kid. So we wanted to uh, pretty much today talk about pretty much Cobra Kai, the TV series itself. You know, just to keep that little karate kid-esque thing moving. Yeah, kind of throw a cap on it. Yeah, but before we get into that, um, if you're I don't know if you saw, if you were on Twitter last night or on social media last night, um, Jeff Bridges, 
also known as the dude, um, actually tweeted out last night that he has been diagnosed with lymphoma, a form of cancer. Um, and like what's cool with Jeff Bridges, he likes to share everybody. He doesn't like to keep anything private. Um, he decided to say, you know, he has faith in his team of doctors that they're able to be able to help out. Let me pull up the tweet here. Basically, this is what he said: as the dude was say, new shit has come to light. I've been diagnosed with lymphoma. Although it is a serious disease, I feel fortunate that I have a great team of doctors and the prognosis is good. I'm starting treatment and will keep you posted on my recovery. So at least they were able to detect it early. Which is good. Yeah, it's good. Obviously, I mean, I, I can imagine he's lived a pretty successful life in, in, in acting. I mean, he's been in Hollywood for years now. And a hell of an actor. One of my favorites. And uh, it's... And it's good that he said, I, I have a wonderful team of doctors, and it's good that we caught it really. Like, he, it seems like he's going to be fine. I hope, I'm hoping for the best, like, and anything um, goes. And I, I wish him, you know, all the best all the best luck with this. Because, uh, you know, he's got the C, a cancer, man. It's just scary. Um, and I'm sure we're not the only ones having uh, cancer in our family and stuff like that. So, I, I, you know, it's everywhere. So, you know, best wishes to... Jeff Bridges, and let's hope that he uh, gets a good full recovery, and he's gonna beat this shit. Fuck cancer, guys. But uh, yeah, this is gonna be a very interesting tweet to see overnight. Uh, I'd rather see tweets like that than like our fucking uh, President Orange going off and doing some shit at four in the morning, by all means. But uh, yeah, man, fuck man, sad, sad to see a, a Hollywood guy get lymphoma. But yeah, like you mentioned earlier, very scary. Uh, but those are the ones that's good if you catch early. You have a better way of beating it. At least the prognosis. But fuck, man. <laughs> and a good start. Good fucking suck. To sad, some sad shit. Uh, I was gonna say. Um, what's another? Uh, in, only because this is fresh on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I read because <laughs> uh, Rush Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. His, uh, they just, um, I think, I think it was Rush Limbaugh. Cause they just put it, they just put like, uh, they released a press statement saying that his, his, uh, cancer, I think he has lung cancer or something, it's terminal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there was a lot of speculation that like, oh wow, like it's happening. And it's funny cause I went on this like. I was on Reddit and I went on this thing and there's a subreddit called like Mark My Words, which people just kind of, you know, Mark My Words, if you're familiar with that, when people say, you know, it's basically saying like, I bet she's going to do this or like, no, or like, you know, just make these crazy, uh, what is it word to look for? It's like with the, the Aztec calendar, like these predictions, these prof, prophetic predictions, right? Mark My Words is kind of like that. And it's fun. It's like, it's like. A nice little cross between that and like unpopular opinions, mm-hmm. but it's like they just sharp things. And then this guy posted like Rush Limbaugh will pass away a week after the election. And I'm only saying that because I read yesterday he had it and he had mentioned it. And then the comment here, I don't, I, I'm not, gonna, I don't want to shine any light on anybody, but like it's, it is what it is. I think he's exaggerating how bad it is in order to get sympathy from a courtroom when he inevitably gets sued for spreading misinformation about COVID, leading to the death of tens of thousands of people. I think many talking heads on Fox and all over the right are preparing for this inevitability just in case Biden wins the election. If Trump wins, they'll still get sued in four years unless they're able to destroy the American justice system before then, 
which is entirely possible. It is probably the play they're going for. Now, it's it's mind you, um, I with those familiar with using Reddit, you can you can um, filter your comments to only display. I think it's best top and new. Yeah. I always have mine set to best. Uh, and and it's not because I want to stay away from the dumpster fires or the trolls and all that shit. Because you'll still find them. As long as they're an upvote, you'll find them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'm from time to time, I'll switch it off. But this was under a best. And it's like, and it's a one. And I think it's because it's only been, the, the thing was posted six hours ago. And it's only been posted, the comment itself was 25 minutes ago. But what I find interesting is that he said that, that he, um, is that if they, like, even if they, if he does win, it's like, you know, he's going to get all the books thrown at him when he gets out. He is. This is why Trump is saying, I'm just going to flee the country. Or supposedly, when they're, they're with the press releases and they say, oh, I'm going to fucking, I'll flee the country if Biden wins. What? Like, why would you do that? Oh, maybe because you're going to get all these fucking things blown up on you. And, you're, and obviously, that's what you do to avoid uh, imprisonment. But uh, I don't know, I found it interesting that this guy would say that. But yeah, another person... I want to say in the history books who who's gonna pass away of terminal cancer, but um, yeah, definitely didn't want to start it off on a bad note. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that just. Uh, <laughs> uh. But yeah, uh, Karate Kid, fun Karate Kid. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware on Netflix, um, Cobra Kai, uh, a sh- a show that originally started on YouTube, Brad, I believe. Oh no, YouTube. It was on YouTube, um, starring the original Billy Zappa and uh, and Ralph Macho come back to you know reprimance their their old characters, but it's like years after the original Karate Kid. So, and I I saw I saw Cobra Kai back on its YouTube days, uh, like a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when you had mentioned that they just uploaded this show on Netflix, and then you said the name. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, they put it on Netflix now? And I saw it. I'm like, oh, that's, it's cool. And then I saw they only put the two seasons. Or and I know they put seasons. And I thought you meant when you told me that they uploaded they uploaded more content plus the stuff they had on YouTube. Oh, no. But I it think was just whatever they already had on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still on YouTube. Like, you can, I, I mean, I, unless Netflix find the deal so where they have to pull it, like, maybe they did that. But for the most part... Um, what I do like, I'm able to watch it on like a bigger screen, I guess you could say, even though I was already still watching it there. But um, I think with the release of Cobra Kai and it getting such a big boost and um, listening to different podcasters talk about it and what they liked about it and what they didn't like, I thought it was really nice because um, it, it got me to back to like why I really appreciate um, The Karate Kid and growing up with the movie and then like seeing it now and then seeing the actors come back and do their thing and then uh, just it just it's good I don't know um, but I think we wanted to kind of touch base on, on why we liked Cobra Kai um, why it does hold up and I think and I know we've said it in past episodes about when we talk shit about well I like to talk shit about all these stupid reboots and the the cheap the cheap um, commercialized what do I want to say? The cheap commercialized uh, use of nostalgia mm-hmm. in place of developing 
new ideas or maybe funding creative stories, creative or ideas. like revivals because that's what right like revivals show. like I, it's like yeah because that's what it is. They came to this like like yeah we said in the past like pretty much you know. Like you know, with Netflix, they all started when they decided. Because um, we both have very house. different. Um, we have we both have very different things that amuse us. We both have different level. Like even when it comes to comedy, this that we both have different things. Um, and even when it comes to these nostalgic properties, I'll say it like you tend to, you tend to give it more of a chance than I do, which is perfectly fair. I understand that um, only because like I'm an asshole for shit like that. Like just because like I don't know. I'm I'm somebody. I'm not all about I need to have the new, 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 new. I'm not like that mm-hmm. either. Yeah. Like, I haven't did a big deep dumpster dive on Spotify for new music in a while, but, like, I'll, I'll try. I'll try that. But, yeah, it, but it, like, when it comes to shit like that, I'm, I'm like, I think it's because I can't, I don't have a big lens for, or I don't, I don't, I call it the Disney spell. It's my own definition in a sense, or what I like to call it, the Disney syndrome. Disney is syndrome. where, like... Yeah, it's not an escape for me like other people. It's not an obsession. It's not like a thing. I only have a, I have obsessions for certain things, but not that. Like that's not Yeah. Like the same people people get freaked out or like excited for like the new Disney this 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 like that's that's cool. Like I get that. People I I respect that. It's just it doesn't I'm not sunshine and rainbows, man. I'm just not like that like all the time. So it's just not what I lean towards. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I see it when it comes to these uh, reboots or reimaginations or some oh. shit like that. Like it is what it is. That's cool. The people who want to, who are interested, in that will see that. They won't have my money, but they'll see that. Like they're gonna make their money. Yeah. Because they're still low hanging fruit. It's like those cheap comedies they always release. Like the basically movies with Kevin Hart when he's not in an action movie. Those are just like cheap. I mean, we went to see that one movie. What was it? Night School or whatever. That wasn't terrible. No, it wasn't that bad. It's, I mean, it's pretty it had a good cast. It, yeah, it had a good cast. It, Tiffany Haddish. it was entertaining, but like... Eh. I, it's one of those movies on Saturdays you can watch and you're just blazed out of your mind and you just want to throw something on while you're aimlessly on your phone. Yeah. That's a movie like that. Like, I don't know. No knocks on, on Kevin Hart. Uh, Rob Riggle's on there. Uh, Tiffany Haddish. No knocks on them. They did fine. And we went to watch the movie with our parents. So either way, like, we at least we got a good family time out of it. And they wanted to see this movie because they actually are fans. They, they have been, become big movie people before this pandemic. They went and would go to the theater every week. So, like, yeah. it was it was interesting to see our, our uh, parents kind of transition to that. But when I'm back to the topic... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like I, I'm, I don't. I need. I, I'm, I need. Uh, I'm not easily amused, is what I like to say. But when it comes to like when it comes to that, reboots, 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 like that, I, I need mean, something. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, there's some that actually will work. Yeah. It does work. Um, like example, Ducktales. You know, this like Disney Afternoon. Like honestly, that Ducktales is doing really well because what I like for a fact that the guys who the showrunners for Ducktales were fans of the original and also fans of the comics. So what they did was they took... And they were also fans of the Disney Afternoon. So taking all that nostalgia and just giving it a fresh new coat of paint, a fresh new story, just to make the characters more, like... Give the nephews a more better personality. That's yeah. what I did, like... And the cast is amazing. You get David Tennant, who freaking is the 10th Doctor from Doctor Who. Great actor. He was in Broadchurch. He was the... He was Kilgrave. In freaking uh, Jessica Jones, 
He's a great, tremendous actor. Having him as Scrooge McDuck is freaking amazing. That's pretty good. Having him. Catherine Tate, who he acted alongside him in Doctor Who, also she was in The Office. She's been in other British programming. As Magic of the Spell, having her follow... Um, what's her, oh, my God. Names in the bell who played the original her. Ah! June Foray. Following June Foray, who was an incredible actress. See, why do you voice actress. <laughs> That's a hard step to follow, but she pulled yeah. it off because having that chemistry between the actors, having a diverse cast, bringing these characters to life, having Mrs. Beakley, like, like they took all the things from the old show, but gave it a fresh new spin on it. Gave Webby a better personality, made her more adventurous, made her like she's like the person that wants to investigate. She's into conspiracies. Yeah, she's got they the gave him, and they gave the nephews different personalities. You had Huey, who's pretty much like the scout, the good boy scout. He's a junior woodchuck. He likes to think. You know, he's the you know he wants to follow by the rules. And Dewey wants uh, Ben Schwartz doing the voice of Dewey. Like yeah, Daniel Pudi doing Huey. Honestly. They, I couldn't ask for a better cast, and having you know Ben Schwartz right now, Sonic the Hedgehog, who did a tremendous job as Sonic for the film, definitely check out that film. But having him as Dewey, Dewey wants to be the showman. He wants to you know show something that he can do, being that showmanship. Then you got Louis, who played by a Ben, um, um, oh man, dude from uh, he is Panda Bear and like three great rares, Bobby Moynihan, playing Louis, who's into get rich queens, wants to make extra money. Having the nephews have different personalities was a great job. And then, of course, having Donald, because technically, if you read the old Car Barks comics of yes. Duck Tay, of, of, of Scrooge McDuck, Donald was their feature lot. And of course, in the original cartoon. Back then, early 90s, you know, they, okay, having Donald on there, but they didn't want that Duck focus. They wanted to focus on Scrooge McDuck. But good, having Donald Duck on there was really great. Having Tony Osamo, who's still the, technically the voice of Donald Duck right now, still coming out in a few episodes. Launch Crack McQuack. Have it on there. And now going to like, now it's like it's third season. And what I like about this, it's like the third season now. They're taking, now like yesterday, they had the one hour episode premiere. They focused on Darkwing Duck. Now Darkwing Duck is brought into the mix. They bring all these characters from the Disney afternoon into the mix as well. And they do a lot of callbacks. There's a lot of Easter eggs. Well, and they like, what I like about it too, they bring characters that were originally in the comics into light. And they get these actors. You got, um, Lin-Manuel Miranda as Quentin Crackshaw Cabrera. They made him Latino. They made him a Latino. They made Gizmo Duck a Latino superhero. And when when which Lin-Manuel, is amazing because they don't really they have made the, of they made all the characters diverse. That's what it is. Yeah, they made all the characters all diverse, which was awesome. Even Lin-Manuel Miranda when they approached him, hey, you want to be Gizmo? Even he remembered. I mean, I saw when they did the whole panel when they were previewing like season three or they were talking like season three or season two last year, and he's like when he was approached to read for this character. He was a he was a big fan of Ducktales. He remember watching it back in the day, and he he was excited. He's like, I get to play a superhero. I get to play an actual Latino superhero. That's amazing. And I mean, that was amazing. And they have honestly, it's definitely watching. It. It's on Disney Plus right now, but the third season is out right now. I haven't gone back to it, but that's another example for a revival that does work. A reboot that actually then, does work. Yeah, one of the examples. I'm one not of the examples. Of there's some not. There's some that don't hit the point mark. Yeah, Fuller House. You know. Yeah, you watched that. I that's a mix. To I me, that's more of a mixed bag. For me, it's because of the fact that you know, it's like, I get it. They decided like Netflix decided wanted to go back into it and see what happens now that now you know Danny, Joey, and Jazir are like basically taking the backstage to the backseat to. Um, 
they're, you know, they're, you know, adulthood, I guess you can say. Now it's just focused on Kimmy, DJ, and Stephanie, because now they're the main focus. Of course, they would have got the old since it better, but of course, you know, they're doing their own thing, but it kind of flipped the script a little bit. It, it was, to me, it was a mixed bag. You know, they tried Roseanne, you know what happened with that? Oh. That's what happened with that because sometimes they try, they try to do with Roseanne and look what happened with that. Now they're, they're actually doing strong because right now they're doing the Connors and it's I I and same thing when they try to bring like Murphy Brown too when they try to bring that back for it, it. There's something that will hit levels, but I mean I understand you want to bring that nostalgically, but yeah, I think that was the generations time. are different. Yeah, it, it's the time. Yeah, grew up People who grew up in the show, yeah, they'll understand the jokes. They'll get the humor. But to me, you have to get a new audience. That's why DuckTales kind of work because not only it hit the nostalgia fans, but at the same time, it's gaining attention to new fans. Because now parents can say, hey, I grew up on this. Now my kids get a chance to earn all these characters. Because it builds like a lot of character development. And, you know, just having that story base and, like, and having Scrooge. Like, Scrooge is not like, he's not always greedy. He's an adventurer. And it's kind of funny because the universities always have him like, he's always greedy about money and stuff. Yeah, he's a little greedy about money, but at the same time, he's always looking for an adventure because that's what Scrooge is. He's an adventure. Yeah, he's curious about, you know, money and stuff and generating revenue. But at the same time, he, what excites Scrooge McDuck the, word, the most is, is the thrill of the adventure. Because remember, he's the toughest of the toughies and the smarties of the smarties for a reason. And having, you know, Donald and the nephews, he wants to show the nephews like, hey, you know... And that's kind of cool is they bring the mother back, too. Um, Donald's sister. But people didn't realize Donald had a twin sister. That's why Hugh and Dewey and Louie are his nephews. That's why he cares about them a lot because that's his twin sister's kids. Mm-hmm. I'm, I want to say... Uh, I know we, we're talking about Cobra Kai, but we can't... No, no, it. it's fine. Uh, no, I want to say... Uh, I fucking had it. When you were mentioning something about... Uh, trying to capture... Oh, um, you said when... Going for new generations, and then you said uh, they try to you do get that same I don't know charm from the sitcom stuff, and I think people forget because we're both we're both um, and I'm not saying it's unique to how we were raised, mm-hmm. but I think we are part of that generation that still had to grow up, <laughs> and I think it's only because of our living situation. We only had two or three channels on the TV, right? And those were local. And so our parents got cable finally. But like, we only had three, four channels. And most of those were, what, ABC and shit? CBS? No, it was WCU. Like, all we had was local shit. So like, what were we watching all day? Whatever our parents watched and whatever they let us do whenever she was, well, mainly whatever Mary let us watch. But like, what it would, it would be, sitcoms. Shit she had going in the kitchen. Like... And, and shit we, we would watch in the morning. What would be three... Like, I would watch Three Stooges Fresh Prince every morning, religiously. Uh, three Stooges, uh, what would be at, like... Because they would run it at, like, five in the morning. So I would catch the six o'clock morning one while I'm making my lunch. And then uh, 6.30 would be Fresh Prince since we lived across the street. So I didn't have to go far. And I would watch Fresh Prince and then fuck off to school after. So, like... But those things are sitcoms. Yeah. They're situation comedy. The syndication kind of so, Yeah, and the syndication those years. Because, I mean, well, Fresh Prince was already going in the 90s. It started in 91. So, and, like, ended in 96? 96 or 95. I'll check. But uh, what I'm saying is that, like, we were only used to mainstream media. And I'm not saying even with other cables. And so I think, considering that that was more mainlined, 
mm-hmm. um, with what I want to say nuclear, not even nuclear families, but like what people were seeing, primetime, whatever was a big thing, like even Seinfeld being big in those days, The Simpsons, like these are still very much sitcoms shows. But yeah. now that we have like so much content uh, and access to content, like. I think that's what's fucking up these reboots as well is the fact that they're still trying to bank on that charm of the old market mm-hmm. and still trying to feed it to their children where they forget, I think. Not the not the people who create these shows because they're only they're they're unfortunately um held hostage by what their executives and the people who fund the projects are. Like they're they're obviously in hostage under their you know financial terms. So they have to like do both. They have to like dance both of the lines, but I think they for they where they fuck up is that they they make it so blatantly obvious that they're only catching the the majority minority opinion. So like when I was watching the Connors, like you said for instance, I was well, I gave it a chance in the beginning when Roseanne was still there. And then I watched it after when Roseanne wasn't there. I liked it when it was with Roseanne. Why? Because it's Roseanne. Mm-hmm. It's not the Connors. I and we grew up with Roseanne. Our our parents our 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 dad is Dan. Our dad is Dan mm-hmm. from fucking Roseanne. That's our dad. Like we grew up with him. And and I'm not saying that they literally his character did the same thing our father does. Like that's who they are. So it's it's crazy that like one, and then all the shit she just said on Twitter, I, I really have no opinion on that. Like, it's not my call. It's ABC's. But I I understand it's still the number one show because there's still people who like it. But I just don't. Like, I don't get that. It's not for me. But I don't. I think that's where they fuck up is that they're just, they, they think it's too easy to just be like, oh, I'm going to put this person out because it appeases uh, this particular person. And I like, that's fine. I, I'm all about representation too. But like. You gotta, it's gotta make sense. Mm. And for them to write off the main character, uh, it, I mean, it's like bar, it's like watching an episode of Bar Rescue. They literally had to change the whole thing. It's not even her anymore, it's the Connors. They didn't do that with fucking Fresh Prince. They didn't do that with, uh, and I know it's different times. They didn't do that with Fresh Prince. They didn't do that with um, fucking the 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 sister and family matters when they just switched around. I don't know if that always happens. They didn't do that with uh, didn't Sabrina the Teenage Witch have that at a point? Like switch the no, like they, I think they went with that one. They just switched like networks. And yeah, they, so like they kind of moved her to college and stuff. Right, like that's that's one thing. Or Bowie Sword, like that's what I liked. It's like it's like taking out Corey Matthews or whatever, and it's all now it's just Eric because Corey said some shit on Twitter. Or, like, the boy meets with the girl. Like, that makes sense. But they were still there to support. Like, you watched that more. But, like, it, that one seems like it made sense. Yeah. Because they still had them there. But they weren't the focus. And that's the whole point. It's like, that's that's what you got to do. Is not make them the whole focus. You know, sprinkle them in a little bit. Yeah. But what you guys fuck up is that you just keep them there. And it's like, dude, this is like... Now you got, you're pandering. You're just... it's it come, For me, it comes off as cringy for me. When it, it's, it's fan service, I get it. But that it gives me the same feeling I got when I was watching these Star Wars movies, and I've never had that feeling. I usually when I watch Star Wars movies, it's pretty cool. But for the most part, I don't know. I don't like having cringy feelings when I'm watching something that I, you know, I thought, let's give it a shot. 
And but that's but here I am kind of complaining about it on the podcast. But no, I'm, I don't I don't complain about it in real time. I just I just don't watch it. I just don't. I'm not the one who's gonna fucking bitch about it online and do it. Oh, this is offensive. To, 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 to. It's like no, dude. Does it offend me? I don't know. I got other shit in my life going on. And just if this something like this, I don't know. I just. I just I don't like that I don't like that Hollywood plays that easy shit because it fucks up the artists because man without artists you guys honestly what are you selling mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and as somebody who is an artsy person who the fuck who are you selling it to who mm-hmm. well who is Bill Gates yeah yeah I like Steve yeah. Jobs didn't know how to program that shit. Doesn't mean he can't be successful. Mm-hmm. Remember, you could be a boss. You could be a boss about something that you don't know everything, the technical counterpart to how something works of a service, mm-hmm. but you can find somebody who does. And if you have enough capital and you get your team together, that's what it's all about. That's called what? A company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it blows my mind and and I'm one who and I'm one who um it's like when I see these Netflix shows yeah. it's funny to see like these reboots get made and you know they get the, a glossing of better resolution but it's still I still see it being so like Netflix has a lot of money for these things I don't think like but that's what I like about Cobra Kai is the way that when they they got it and got the trailer, right it doesn't everything. look whack it looks good it looks because when you look at Karate Kid obviously it's of it's time but then when you look at Cobra Kai it's definitely of it's time but it still gives me it's it furthers the story. It, it, it gives us something new to look to. It gives us dynamics between the old characters, the new characters, how they relate to each other in the world while still providing lessons on different things and all while making it entertaining. I think that's what they do good on it. That's why it didn't come cringe to me. It made sense. And also, like, the way, I don't know, when the part when he's like, um, is there a certain way I should watch these windows, Sensei? He's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, he... I liked when uh, Billy Lawrence did that, sh- or uh, Johnny, Lawrence. Johnny Lawrence did that show when he's reading the magazine. He says that when he's training the kid. I love that because that's what it is. Like that he's staying in character because that's, that's how I would have said to as an adult man who's opening up a dojo to to re- to some sort of seek revenge on something that happened to him in high school, his peak. I think what it like was. it's fucking realistic. It's hilarious because it's real. Like, it's like watching Married with Children. Like, like that, I don't know. But sorry. I went off a tangent, but... I mean, yeah. Like I said, going before we jump into Gorgon Kai, going back to Reason Why Wars and stuff, it's like, or even shows when it comes to, like like you said, when actors get replaced or actors are, are, are taking out a show for something, they said, it's done. I mean, that's when the shows do survive a little bit. Look what happened in the office. Steve Crow left, but he left on his own terms. At first, they thought, oh, he left because he didn't want to be there. No, but he he revealed later that his agent it was the sh- network they were fucking come, over. Man. They the, they was come to light that the network actually did not like he would have stayed on. Even Secret said I would have stayed on only at the network because it's technically his contract was up. Mm-hmm. And his agent reached out to her. We'll take the same money. We want we want to keep this going. But now we're like now we're really, we're at the point where they. It was just all miscommunication. That's what we said in the book later. I guess there's a book out that talks about what I'm behind the scenes. 
Ladder was a course he crossed nation, but he was Steve was happy in the office. He was happy with everybody. I mean, God, he's one of the. He's but the problem those... was is that the network itself, it, it, either there was some miscommunication, where they out. heard something else, like he he was bigger than the show. That's what happened. But not even calling to him directly, say, "Hey, we want to stay you on." That's what happened. That's why they had to go through, basically, have him right off to the sunset. But they like for the fact that Greg Daniels brought him back for the final episode. Yeah, that was me. That just was to give, Just to give a closure. Yeah. But the show did good because it's still because you still have all these memorable characters. That's how a show would keep thriving as long as you have these other personalities carry the torch. It happens. It's like it's the same thing with anime. When you know, drag people that grew up on Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. When all of a sudden it's like, oh, Toriyama wants to go back into the war of Dragon Ball, and they decide, you know what? Let's come up with the films first. So they came up yeah. with Dragon Ball Z, you know, Battle of the Gods, which I have on Blu-ray, which is amazing because it kind of takes place after Dragon Ball Z. Because, yeah, there was Dragon Ball GT, but Dragon Ball GT pretty much was not canon because Toriyama didn't have any involvement with it. That was all towing. That was all... They were doing that just to sell merchandise. So he didn't get to put any... He didn't put any... He wasn't even involved with the story. They just took the characters and made their own spin of it. That's so when Toriyama they talked to him because Toriyama did other stuff besides Dragon Ball. He did a lot of character for like Dragon Quest, a lot of character designs for those things. But he went back and decided he wanted to go back and tell the story again. What happened after Dragon Ball Z? Because remember, in Dragon Ball Z, in the manga, there's a little time skip that goes like years later, where Goku's at this tournament. You know, he defeated you know Majin Buu. He became he got reincarnated as Oop. And, you know, it goes years later where they're at that tournament and Goku runs into Ub because supposedly Ub is like the reincarnation of Majin Buu. They're going to get meet together. But in here, he wants to tell the story what happens in between. That goes, that's why when he went back and decided to do these two films, which is, you know, Battle of the Gods and Resurrection, he saw how it hit people in theaters because they hit that nostalgia feeling. Even like viewers in Japan, they saw it. They loved it. So he decided, you know what? I'm going to go back and tell the story. Tell what happened after Dragon Ball Z. That's when Dragon Ball Super came out. That's when he came out with the... Then he came out with the anime. He did. He has all of them. And now they got the manga going on. Because it's him and actually his assistant. It's, you know, doing the artwork. Toriyama's still like... Because there's an interview where right now... The manga's still going for Dragon Ball Super. Even though the anime has ended. They ended with Super Bowl, um, Dragon Ball Super Broly. Which now Broly was given a new... Re- like, say, Broly... Who was a character created from the films who became really popular because he was the all powerful Saiyan? They decided to reboot that character, give him an actual fleshed out backstory, give him a tragic backstory so that we can relate to the guy. And I haven't seen Dragon Ball Super Broly, we haven't no Blu-ray, we haven't just to see it yet because I guess I'm watching, I basically went back and started watching the whole Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z because people keep forgetting there was Dragon Ball. I read the manga, but there was Dragon Ball before Dragon Ball Z, so I'm still stuck in Dragon Ball Z because I want to do it in order. Then I'll watch, you know. Dragon Ball Super. Yeah. But the manga is still going. Let's go with Toriyama. He's still involved with the manga process. Like, he'll still look at the storyboards. He's in book. But the system that he has was really cool because he kind of feeds off what Toriyama at. Like, they bounce off ideas off each other to try to make that story work. Yeah. So it hits a lot with the fans because they, they have that nostalgia. But that's something that also works on its end itself because that's something that you grew up on and it works. And... Like I said, this what's going on now. We're going to Cobra Kai. Like, you know, Cry the Kid. I have to watch going through those three movies like mm-hmm. the past three weeks. You know. Oh, can I can I can I say something really quick? Yeah, go um, ahead. Because it's still on my mind. When you had mentioned that, um, 
when shows replace characters, well, because we see this in sitcoms mainly. Um, drama pieces, I don't consider that because it depends all on the writers. But when it comes to like having to recast or sub out characters right away because any because of behind the scenes thing, contract dispute, whatever the case may be. For example, I, I want to say one of the places people they do a good job because I'm biased, but I'll say it. Fresh Prince, they make jokes about it. Um, when they replaced Aunt Viv because of uh, the original Aunt Viv, her disputes a will that's obviously under the hatchet now, finally, because of the reunion special. R.I.P. Uh, Uncle Phil. James uh, Avery. James Avery. But uh, nonetheless, I like that they did a good job with making fun of it by using jazz to come through. Did wow, that wow, uh, Mrs. Banks. You look, you look very good, different. <laughs> yeah, did you, is it... Something about the haircut? He's like, nah, that ain't it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Will had said something too. Like, that whole episode was great because the minute the new Aunt Viv comes in is the minute they chop it off because what did they do? They took it out before anybody else can say something. Just how... Anybody... Like anybody like family members too because they... When, what, the know, sister? Yeah. When the, no, not the sister, but with uh, Harriet left. Oh, Harriet, yeah. In the final right. season, yeah, the she final got her. She left. Season. She left the show. Oh, yes, right. They had different actors play. Um, yeah, they have different actors play Harriet. Yeah. So they play. So it it it's like it gets to the point where it does change, but it's like, yeah, that's why I did it. Fresh Prince because you know internet was still dormant at that time. It wasn't as big, so that's why I do applaud Fresh Prince because they took that concept of you know. They took that content, that that, that kind of thing of um, pretty much, you know, they made a joke about it just before, you know, the tabloids and the, you know, the high reporter and all the stuff will say, hey, you know, this happens because you know back like back then, you know, the internet was still infant. We didn't have access to like the tabloids. You had to find out stuff that you know you had to go to the supermarket just to read up on stuff what's going on in the scenes, or if you were like in the business. Read the Hollywood Examiner or something, you know, Variety, just to find out what's going on behind the scenes and, you know, what happened behind the scenes. Because the only people that don't know what happened is people that work on the show. So that's why, you know, Fresh Prince did a good job because they addressed the issue ahead before everybody else started talking. And it's the same thing, too. Another example, um, when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, pretty much, um, pretty much, uh, you know, they... Um, when Nickelodeon, you know, when they bought the right, like, buy, they buy a comp, pretty much got the rights, to, you know, licensing rights and basically property rights to the Ninja Turtles, they decided to come back with a reboot in 2012. People were, like, against it because it's like, we grew up on the original Ninja Turtles. But what was cool is they, the guys who did the showrunners for that were fans of the old series and the comics. So what was cool about it, I felt it was in good hands because what they said, they, they gave the Turtles personalities because... Because they should. They're teenagers. Yeah. But here, like in the old cartoons, they were like adults. But here, they they, they tried because it was Nickelodeon, but they tried to get that whole aspect. They're teenagers. So they decided, you know what, let's get Donatello personally. But bring Rob Paulson to reprise as Donatello. But they have Sean Eston as Rab. They had Jason Biggs originally as Leonardo. They had Greg Sipes, who's Beast Boy from Teen Titans, as Michelangelo. They had May Whitman, who honestly... Freaking Katara from Avatar The Last Airbender as April O'Neil. Josh Pack as Casey Jones. But making Casey Jones and April O'Neil as teenagers just so they can relate to the trolls was actually a good job. It was actually a good job because and then having Kevin Michael Richardson as the Shredder, you know, paying homage to James Avery 
who people don't realize he was freaking Shredder in the original Ninja Turtles cartoon. African American playing a Japanese character, playing a Rumasaki, who did phenomenal job. I didn't know Uncle Phil was a Shredder until I don't know years later when I bought the DVD set on Ninja Turtles and did like a you know nostalgia interviews with the actors. And I see who I see when they're talking to Shredder. James freaking Avery playing the freaking Shredder. I'm like, Uncle Phil was the Shredder? Yeah, that's dope. And what I like about it when, with the Nickelodeon reboot, they did a good job because they paid a lot of the comics and they brought characters from the comics and the cartoons. They paid that disgusting, giving them a new fresh thing of people like Roxy, but giving them like Roxy being Russian and being a. And again, JB Smooth as freaking Bebop was freaking hilarious. He's a fabulous comedian. He's freaking awesome. And then when they decided to bring like the original Turtles from the old cartoons to give that nostalgia, and then having Cam Rickerson paying homage to James Avery by actually now I'm saying he did an impression, but he did like an homage, bringing the original trailer. It was freaking awesome, but it was kind of cool. It kind of sucks that the show ended after like so many seasons, but I thought it was really good. And of course, things happened. Jason Biggs made a comment online. They ended up replacing him with Seth Green, who honestly did a good job taking over as Leonardo because he himself. Was, grew up as a natural fan. Right. And so bringing him in to take over Leo. But they did a good job because what happened was Leo got beat up in one of the seasons and when never recovering in the farm, paying homage to the, the movie the from movie. the movie. Yeah. His voice, they're like, oh, Leo, your voice sounds different because, yeah, he suffers some damage just to address the whole, oh, he sounds different. It's like his voice his voice box got damaged a little bit. And you just do it quick and, and you're out of it. And you're out of it. There, so it, it, it works. You're in and out. So there's things that it works. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so definitely, you know, it, it works. Now, going back to Cobra Kai, it's like, you know... It works it, because you've got to be the one to say it. Like, you got to be the one nipping the butt. Um, and I think it's like people who don't... People who fail at this are people who don't know how to use humor to their advantage. Or, like... Or haven't been in situations where they were insulted or humiliated or something and weren't able to use that against another person what I like to call is um, what I like to call giving that shit back so like like if you weren't bullied when you were growing up or you weren't raised around certain areas that like you had to toughen up like some places aren't like that and some places are and when it comes to shows like that like I was going to say something with Fresh Prince because you see it in a lot in stand-up comedy uh, I mean even in light of people in the Me Too movement where people getting accused of stuff there are some places to where it's like look if you're the butt of a joke, the best way to get out of it is to own it, own it, and then just fucking use it. So, like when it comes to you know the voice changes for uh, New Turtles or the the changes of characters in Fresh Prince or, or the changes of the actors playing the character, the, the role, the best way to do it is like a sly little quip to it. It seems to work, and you do it right away, so it doesn't become an, like a budding joke throughout the whole way because. It just becomes stupid, just like how like, some people don't love the last couple seasons of The Office after Steve Carell, and some people do. I'm not the biggest fan of it after he leaves, but there are episodes I do thoroughly enjoy um, that they made later on. So, like, but I'm not going to throw away the whole show because of that, because there are moments that I do enjoy. So what do you do? You go and watch the fucking moments that you liked. You don't fucking go and, and just, like... I mean, they bring Slam characters like, just to help out. Yeah, I mean, they had James cool. Spader, who I've never seen. Yeah, with the Will Ferrell thing, they could have done without. But, like, everything else, I was fine. Will Ferrell was just terrible in that shit. It was just not good. Um, they were better off with Jim Carrey, I think. But, personal bias. But, nonetheless, I think 
it's it's you like when it comes to the creative part. I think that's what sucks is that like you also have a team of writers who are you know bouncing ideas and see what's gonna be what they're gonna submit being what they all well maybe not all agree to but what they all compromised on. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, when you put it into the market of criticism, it's just kind of a given. Just like I mean, anybody who's making something, who's producing something. You're going to have to build up that tough skin because unfortunately and fortunately, you're going to have people who don't like your shit and you're going to have people who do like your shit. So, but it's your stuff. So you should take the constructive, hopefully it's constructive. It's not all going to be constructive because in the digital age, it's not. But I think what I, and I, and I'll go back to Cobra Kai. That's what I loved about Cobra Kai is that it didn't just sit on the... It uses the cheesy, nostalgic um, lens mm-hmm. of the 80s, of the, when the movie came out. It'll sprinkle it in, but it's still something that of it, it feels of its time, and it's still, like, you can... Like, your kids can watch it, and he won't feel, like, so cheesy when you show them the original movie, and like, oh my god, that's LaRusso, and he's like... That's the original fight. So when you go back, and if you're able to show them the old movies, and, and they got in with Tokoba Kai, like... I think that's cool because now you become what? It's like the Star Wars effect. Now you guys can both share yeah. something and, and grow with something, something special that you guys both hold on to. So it's like, I think that's the type of um, nostalgic, like, I guess you could say reimaginations is what I like, is what I like to see. Um, I mean, like, you could say the same thing about Batman, all these things, like, Look, you can make it. You can make them however you want. Just make it good. That's all we ask, right? It's just like music. It's all subjective. Art is subjective. Art is art is subjective. It's not objective. It's subjective. So it's however you want to see it. And I think, unfortunately, the commercialization of art fucked that up. Mm-hmm. It fucked everything up. Um, and that's just another kind of warm thing too. But yeah, like I think. This is why Cobra Kai is... It's still on the trending list. Like, it's... It's all... It's been for like a month now. So, like... That's what I... I think that's what's really giving it... Um, it's juice, too. Is the fact that, like... Come on, guys. Like, it started on YouTube. And if you use YouTube... You can get lost. There's so much. I mean, with YouTube... But that's why you see, like... It's amazing. With YouTube, you see a lot of, like... Parodies or, like... Even, like... Yeah. Fan films. It's based funny. on these works. Because it's people that became fans of it what they want to give their interpretation of it with Cobra Kai it's like I didn't know about it until I saw Netflix because I didn't know it was on YouTube I know I know Biko you you did mention it it. you told me about it did they put the show Cobra Kai and I was like oh hey yeah I watched it on YouTube yeah I I wasn't aware but I remember I just remember the movies and then of course you know how much Mutter kept making jokes about it (laughs) to the point where you know Barney Simpson yeah they brought him in Barney Simpson is a big fan of movies but it's funny he's a big fan of Karate Kid but he always thought that Billy Zacka John Lawrence was the Karate Kid not Daniel LaRusso. And it was funny how they had yeah, that like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's like for Star Wars, like, who do you cheer for? The Empire. <laughs> That's what the they... Empire. They did nothing wrong. And he's right. I cheer for the Empire because they did nothing wrong. The Empire they did, did nothing wrong. They did nothing wrong, man. They did nothing wrong. 
Oh my god. We, we can't go into the Star Wars debate without our buddy Mondo here because he's a Star Wars guy. I mean, yeah, we'll get into that if we do another episode. I was, I, we do an episode of Star Wars. We do the, the big debate. Um, yeah, going back to that. Yeah, it was a running gag in How Much Water. How Barney always kept saying that Johnny Lawrence was the karate kid to the point when that. Oh my god, that one episode when they were doing Johnny's, uh, Barney's like uh, bachelor uh, bachelor party, the worst bachelor party game him, and they had like the clown in there. He's like, no, not Ralph Macchio. <laughs> he brought him on there. I'm like, oh my god, it's Ralph Macchio from my cousin Vinny. And he's like, he's not the crowd that kills Billy Zack. And then all of a sudden, the clown starts, like, taking his makeup. It's Billy Zack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, what the heck? And then, you know, I think, I don't know, because of that appears, maybe that's what put the show. Because I'm like, I mean, I read little things about it, about the Cobra guy being, you know, they were doing to do a revival or retail, like, not like telling a continuation of the story. Because think about it, you know, those three weeks of the, just doing that commentary for the Cry Kid films. You know, it brought a lot of stuff to me. Like, in May last year, you know, I watched the two seasons of Cobra Kai and going back and doing those three watch-alongs with Biko, kind of like, kind of like open up why. You know, why I enjoyed those movies. Why did, like, yeah, right. it picked it up. And then going to Cobra Kai, it's like, oh, now I get it. And, I, you know, now it's getting me excited because now we got season three that won't be out till next year. Then Netflix decided it did so well. They're going to pick them up for four seasons. So it's like... That means there's more story to tell. But now, basically, if you guys know, Corporate Cop basically is a continuation yeah. of the Karate Kid trilogy. Basically, what happens is it takes place, well, like in the timeline, it's 34 years. This is from Wikipedia, guys, so, or, you know, Wikipedia is pretty much according to this, it takes place like 34 years after the original. Pretty much all. Is it 34? Yeah, so it's 34 years after, the, you know, he lost in the 19 in the All-Valley under-18 tournament in 84. Basically, you see Johnny Lawrence, you know, who's that guy reprises his role. He's pretty much doing, like, odd jobs as, like, a handyman stuff, and then... Yeah, he's just trying to, you know, get back onto his feet. Get back on his feet, and, you know, apparently... Because he was one of those, like, rich, snobby kids in there. Well, I mean, his story wasn't talked about too much, because, honestly, um... But it goes back, what I like about him, he's kind of like the big focus now of this series, which I do like, because I kind of flipped the script a little bit, like he's taking center stage, and like, Daniel's just being like the second to Johnny Lawrence, and you know, he goes to him, and you know, he's trying to get by, he's doing these odd jobs, he ends up getting fired from his job, and he goes through his stuff, and, you know, and then somebody that was in his life when he was younger... Was like Sid, who was like his stepdad or something. He always just abused him or something. Yeah, stepdad, it was a dick. It was a dick. Um, apparently, even Johnny had a kid with somebody with an ex and left them both. And then, um, and supposedly he didn't recover from his breakup with Allie. Even though they were, <laughs> even though they were yeah. broken up in the first one, he still did the callback. He still fought. But that's it. But- it's like I mentioned earlier. These are... It's the perfect way to display people who still... Who peaked in high school. Like, that's... that's People are still living in their nostalgic peak days of, like... You know, when they were on top. So, it's... And that's what he... That's all he had. He was the big karate man. Star. He had the, you know, the popular girl in the school. And, then, and you know, LaRusso came and blew all shit up. You know? And he, all he wanted to do was... And he hated the California. But, nonetheless, like... They do a good job of showing that. And we've had other intellectual properties throughout the years somewhat do that. I think Mary Chilin does it uh, does a great job too with that as well um, with Ed O'Neill because he 
Although he had that, that he was a good man. He's a good family man. Like he worked a job he fucking hated, just to support the fam. A wife, a a wife who just took it, mooshed off his money. His kids who don't really fucking care and just want his money. Like a family man, right? Mm-hmm. And but he was able to support him and take him to shit things and stuff. And like either way, he still loved them to death. Even though he didn't love his life, he loved them to death. So it's just like. It shows. Uh, and then what's what's great about the show is then he, you know, and then eventually, you know, he comes across this kid named Miguel. Yeah. Um, who, who's getting, like, bullied and stuff when, you know, he's at the convenience store. He ends up helping him out by doing a couple of karate moves on the guy. On, yeah. On, yeah the was picking on him and stuff. And I think he kind of becomes almost like the Miyagi to <laughs> Miguel, yeah. which, like I said, it flips the script because now, like I said, this is what kind of, like, Drew me in. It's like a call to action for him. What drew me in to this show was, you know, him being, like I said, he, him being the center stage, like you said. And then he takes pity on this kid who pretty much sees that, you know, he, Miguel, pretty much his mom's a single mother, you know, live with a mother and grandma and stuff. And he starts seeing this guy like Johnny being like almost like a father figure, almost like a mentor, like a father figure almost because he looked out for him and stuff. And, you know, he tries like, Tries to help tip, tries to egg him on, say, hey, teach me, you know, karate and stuff. And, you know, it kind of like at first, you know, Johnny brushes it off, the idea of teaching him karate and stuff. And then eventually he kind of comes around, kind of comes around to it. And then eventually he gets that whole nostalgia feedback. He goes through his old box and he sees like his old trophy from like the karate, you know, from the tournament itself when the second place and does the callbacks and stuff. And, um, honestly, you know, this is what kind of, like, drew me to the show of it. Because, like I said, they get to see it from a different perspective, you know. Of course, with the movies you had, you know, the movies pretty much, pretty much was all, like, focused on the relationship between Daniel Russo and Mr. Miyagi. And here with Cobra Kai, pretty much sees more of the relationship between, you know, Johnny Lawrence and Miguel at the beginning because, like I said, this is almost a kind of like a redemption, like a redemption story for him. You know, the guy is down on his luck. He's pretty much apparently he has a uh, like uh, he loves a course banquet apparently, but <laughs> and you know all of a sudden that thing that kind of like that thrill that brought him back was karate because that's the thing he had. Um, I mean, yeah, he's cool as a handyman. He's you know, good at basic, you know, trade skills, but does, that's one of the things that pretty much, you know, that was in his life is, is karate. So, um, you know, it's like, it's, the show's interesting. Like I said, you know, you got a good cast. Um, you have Rob Macho, he's back as Daniel Lawrence. Before we get into Daniel Lawrence, you know, going back to, you know, Johnny, like, all of a sudden, um, what happened was, he saves the kid, you know, apparently, you know, saves the kid and saying, um, let's go ahead and, what's, pause it, just yeah, going back to that, it's like, um, yeah, that's what I like about the show so far. Like, you know, when you start the show, just let you guys know there are some spoilers, guys. We're going <laughs> to spoil it because this is a review. 
Yeah, and so it kind of talks like the first episode, going back to the first episode, it's called Ace Degenerate. <laughs> like, yeah. Kind of funny episode. <laughs> Yeah. And like I said, it, it, we see Johnny pretty much. He's struggling, you know. His apartment's not as great. And um, like I said, he ends up, you know, rescuing this kid named Miguel from the bullies. But of course, he gets arrested by the cops because it's assault. It's like the 80s. So pretty much his, like, stepfather, Sid, who honestly played by Ed Esner, which is freaking awesome, great actor. <laughs> Almost the police chief in Figazoid. Mm-hmm. Hey, Figazoid, I grab a donut. Do I? Damn, he comes out. Ed Asner, he's a great actor. Um, great actor. Another good show. And like he pretty much, you know, even to the point that he tries to get back in his life, but um, he wants he decides to give Johnny a pretty much a check just so he just to disown him or something. Just like, kind of like uh, you know, to send them off, off him. You know, really, kind of just to 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 cozy up his regret of being an asshole. An asshole father figure to him, I guess you could say, right? Mm-hmm. Because that was like a stepdad. You know, he just writes him, signs up, gives him a check, you know, like, don't bother me anymore. Like, it is a sorry, whatever, why did, and yeah. And I was like, that's fucking, it is what it is. That's sad to see, but I, I think they did a great job in showing, like, why Johnny Lawrence has been, not to, to be trying to, it's a funny way to use the word on there, but why he's getting the short end of the stick. And then, of course, he gets drunk. He ends up going to the arena, and, you know, it's a flashback to when he was there. Of course, it showed, like, that one scene from Cry Kid Part 2 at the beginning where he's getting beat up by John Kreese. Like, he takes memory breaks his trophy. Just and also, his car gets hit by a bunch of teenagers. Gets pissed off, and, of course, his car gets towed. And he finds out it gets towed to the LaRusso. I'll do it. So, he, then the show kind of shifts to... Daniel Russo, who honestly he's a he has become like a car dealership owner, so he owns a bunch of dealerships in the whole valley, and and then you get that awkwardness of uh, of you know pretty much to get that awkwardness because he goes to the dealership to pick up his car and brought to Daniel because he's like I want to speak to the manager it's Daniel Russo and it's like oh they had this awkwardness about him and all of a sudden you know Daniel tries to be like the bigger man. So they have that tension because they were, you know, they're, you know, Johnny picked on them because, of course, he was talking, because Daniel was talking to Allie when they were kids. And, you know, he said, you know what, I'm going to be a bigger man. I'm going to fix your car for free and stuff. And the funny thing is, one of the girls in that run-in was actually Daniel's daughter, Sam. (laughs) It's so, sir, it's funny because, like. Uh, and again, this is where I show them praise and the fact that they make it like the writers really do a good job with this and just how the actors like it flows, it flows so well, like because you get the same kind the same like the same kind of comedic tone of 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 Johnny Lawrence's life kind of like spiraling one event after it's like if you. People who watch the Kirby Enthusiasm, I think they're kind of used to this with the shit Larry David goes through in his life. How it's like he says one thing and it ends up just like blowing up his whole day. Onto, and it's just shit gets thrown at him. And all because he says some one simple thing that happened to him. In life. Like the most smallest thing in the world. Like he might have told somebody waiting behind in, to get a cough, in line to get a coffee at Starbucks or some shit. That they're taking forever for an order and be like, oh my god, I might as well just order online right now because I'm waiting this long. Like... Stuff like that. And to see that they still carry the same tone from the Karate Kid. Like that same character dynamic between Johnny and Daniel. And it's so funny to see them going through this shit as grown men. (laughs) 
with families. Honestly, in their 50s. Are, yeah, basically almost in their 50s. Like, they're middle-aged at this point. They're, they're late, like, what, 30-something years? So, like, middle to late 40s. You know, finding revenge they did it in high school where Johnny was barely there for like a year? Not even a few, like a summer? Like, it's so fucking hilarious because it, I don't know, man. I think, it's, I'm going to have to go watch it again. <laughs> Just uh, at least the second season because the first one, um, I like the first season a little better. Because it's all about the character development. Because it's all about the character development. Yeah, and they do. But of course, you know, with this, like after they had the run in stuff, you know, Daniel says, oh, we're better off with Koba Kai and stuff, you know, and that shit. All of a sudden, like Johnny, you know, having that tension and then having that Angus decides, you know, take the money that Sid gave him and decides to to put that money to use, decides to open up the Koba Kai dojo and ends up telling him, like, oh, hey, I'm going to teach you. And they're saying, no, I'm not going to teach you karate. All of a sudden, taking that pity on Miguel and saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to teach you karate. Let's do this. So it gives kind of like, it changes like, you know, Johnny's like, you know, purpose now. Yeah. It, it gives him, yeah, it, it gives him, it gives him purpose. Because honestly, that was the only thing he had as a kid growing up was karate because that was his escape. Because Sid didn't do that shit for him. He was always abusive towards him and this was like his escape. That's why I think he looked at John. That's what I like about it too with the show is like, you see, you get more of the Johnny's character development. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they had the flashbacks, you know, when he's learning. Like, it shows when Johnny goes to cry, call him Cobra Kai the first time. And John Kreese was there and he became, like, John Kreese became almost like a father figure. Father so because he didn't get that much love with Sid because, of course, it was like a stepdad. So it's like... And I think it kind of... Miguel kind of relates to Johnny because Miguel, you know, his mom's a single mom and stuff. She's raising a single mom. She's a nurse. She works at the hospital and stuff. It's like... And, you know, he, he, he kind of sees Miguel and him. So, and, you know, so now, like, going into, like, the second episode, now you see, like, it's called Strike First. But so now you see pretty much, you know, dang, you know, like, Johnny now teaching them, like, basic moves. And then, of course, um, and, of course, you know, he has, like, supposedly, he has the health department, you know. Of course, you know, when you open a business, you got to have the health department to do your checks and stuff. So, there's, like, a lot of things he's got to do before they open up. And then, of course, um, apparently, you know... You know, Daniel right now. And then it goes shifts to Daniel. So that's why I like to kind of switch back and forth. Because now, you know, Daniel, he has kids. He has two kids. His wife, you know, wife works with the dealership with him and stuff. And, you know, they have a teenage daughter, Sam. And, you know, I guess they had a pool party or something. And Daniel Daniel got pissed off. It's like, you know, he's balancing, you know, work and family life as well. Because they have the car dealerships, you know. The son, like the kid, little boy's like, he's like a spoiled brat. (laughs) Um... He's either playing the Switch or something or doing something else. It's like when you said, um... The little kid. Which kid? Like the youngest one that Daniel has. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because there's three of them? No, I think Daniel only has two kids. Oh, it's yeah, a girl. Sam and the little boy. Yeah. I forgot the kid's name. Um, and of course, you know... So, you know, like Daniel has to deal with a you know, teenager like Sam. You know, she has friends <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Which is never easy. And of course, you know, then it's just to Miguel. You know, pretty much, you know, he... Ends up making friends with uh, Dimitri and Eli. And I would like to follow up to that when the school was starting. They started playing uh, Cruel Summer. Oh, yeah. Like, the callback. Okay, they start playing that song. Like, oh, my God. That's what it does not just hit you because they play that song. They're starting school. So, he's, like, you know, making friends with uh, Dimitri and Eli. And then, of course, you know. Of course, Sam's, like, you know, she's, like, you know, Daniel's daughter, Sam. She's hanging out with, like, the rich kids. Like, the kids up in the valley or something. Like, the rich kids and stuff. 
And then, um, of course, um, we find out that Johnny had a son named Robbie, who we have with an ex, and apparently he gets the call that from his like his Robbie school that he got caught with drugs. And it's funny because you know Robbie has that whole he didn't have a relationship with Johnny, and Johnny decided you know he didn't have that relationship. So kind of like he did the same thing that Robbie would say to him. So he didn't be he wasn't there too much in Robbie's life. So Robbie has that whole that hatred and tension towards his dad, and his mom like Robbie's mom pretty much sees other people like sees like has different suitors and stuff, and he's down the wrong path as well. Uh, we'll get into more of a uh, Robbie later, but you know. And then, uh, pretty much, you know, Kyler, I guess it was a boy that Sam, um, was interested in, um, and finds out that, you know, Kyler was one of the bullies that was picking on Miguel, and then, so they had injuries from, like, Johnny. And, of course, um, this is where Daniel and Johnny go butt heads, because, yeah, Daniel ends up going to the dojo, and he finds out it's Cobra Kai, and says they and you know they get that first that confrontation where you're teaching you know Johnny he's you know pretty much blaming Johnny for teaching kids being up but not knowing the full story that Kyle was always picking on Miguel and Johnny was helping Miguel hmm. and that kind of sets up the whole kind of like reunites that kind of fiery rivalry between Johnny and Daniel dating back to you know the All Valley tournament so of course you know. And so pretty much, um, like I said, then the show goes, I like the third episode, it's called Esqueleto, <laughs> but Skeleton in Spanish, guys, if you don't know. Um, and the kind of like, it's kind of like the, the first season kind of like gives little things of the first movie. There's a lot of callbacks to the first movie, kind of, but it's kind of like, but kind of switches because Miguel is becoming like almost like the Daniel LaRusso-esque character, pretty much. Johnny's being like the Miyagi and... At first, I think Daniel is almost being almost like a John Kreese a little bit. Not too much. I'm not saying that Daniel Russo is the antagonist in here, but kind of comes off as that mm-hmm. in the first season. But he, Yeah, he seems kind of like a jerk just because he's like still holding. He's, it seems like he still has, like, even after they kind of hashed that, he still has this, like, resentment towards him for some reason. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and, but that's what I like is that he kind of was staying away from him. Johnny, he wasn't really like he was just trying to get his life together, so he wasn't caring about that. So it was kind of like it was weird, it, 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 in a sense, Larissa kind of baited him into like doing this. So it, yeah, it's like you mentioned, it, it's kind of like the shoe f- went onto the other foot and like flipped over the whole thing. And and it's and, and that's what it is. It's like it shows that you can empathize for these guys. Um, but like you mentioned from the first credit, because they didn't give him enough development in the movie, he was your typical standard antagonist. Like that's all he was used for. He there's no parts really where he's dude we get a lot. I mean, the only development we had is the fact that he had a obviously he had a, a relationship with Ali, and then but they had broken up right in time when Larusso shows gets into the picture. So and even with that he never held that against him mm-hmm. even when this going on like even him still being hung up on Ali he never once threw that to LaRusso again like he but that's what I'm saying it's it's funny that they they, they basically like wrote these middle aged characters to act what I would um, where frankly I've seen and been around folks and worked around folks who are like this who who exhibit this type of like 
behavior where they they leave with their ego and they they still reminisce about that time in their life where you know they're on top they ride that wave and they're still on it even then it's just like ah, everybody has their time like, like it's everybody has their time you know uh but i think that's what i think i love the most about that show is is just the way they're writing and how it's going um and i'm sure they can take it further they could if they really want i think they will to be honest considering <laughs> considering they just got this uh they've got this big boost um of you know presence and marketing from netflix uh and obviously it's it's done a good job on the platform so i don't see it i don't see it going away anytime soon but obviously you know with people being around netflix hopefully if you've been with them for a few years you know that they don't um they don't put anything on the chopping block even if it's doing good so just um so obviously we'll say it now like i for one i appreciate Cobra Kai getting made and I think they're doing a good job the, the team that's made it and I think I would love to see another season but I mean we got I'm two okay more seasons you know. we got two more seasons so. yeah so what was like your first like, what was like your favorite episode of the first season before we jump into season two I don't want to give too much away I know I gave some spoilers but like honestly to me of all the episodes I think um, I like when he starts training Miguel when he starts training him yeah my favorite is that because we kind of we kind of see him try um tread the line between wanting to be a John Kreese type, you know, mm. but also not lose himself in the process and realize what his purpose is and try. I guess he's just trying to not be depressed anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's what it is. I I, I and I I feel. I love seeing that that dance he's doing, where like he's not technically being an asshole and a, a direct asshole to Miguel because he's not. He's he's trying to teach him how how he should. How I guess he was taught maybe, but at the process he's also learning. Like no, I gotta you know I gotta be if I'm gonna be a sensei, I gotta be a sensei for this kid. And, and so like he's he's using the teachings he got from Copa Kai to kind of like extend it, and and but he wants to give it its name again. Maybe not what Kreese took it, but he wants to give it to where, you know, they were, you know, the best dojo in the valley, you know, kind of deal. Like, they were on, he wanted to bring it to them on top. Mm-hmm. And he never, and what I like is that he never said it necessary to be the, what Kreese wanted at first. At first, he was seeing that, and then later on, I loved how he did it. Like, he started coming into his own. Yeah, like, know? and then uh, the only thing, the kind of thing that I liked about... I would say when now the whole storyline so far in season one was with the whole Robbie mm-hmm. getting back at his dad, getting back at Johnny, decided, you know what? At first, you know, it was a whole thing to get closer to Russo, but eventually he started like, like Daniel started like, like first he didn't tell Daniel like who he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, once he applied for a job at the Russo Auto and at first it was just to get the codes or something to, to steal something from him. But at first it kind of changed because he started like, the Russo started like, Bonding with Robbie. Like, I think, I don't know, Daniel saw something in Robbie where, you know, Robbie kind of felt, you know, this guy's actually paying attention to me. You know, he wants to help me, helps me succeed. And, you know, it's like the whole dynamic changed where Robbie, at first, he was just this kid. Like, he didn't care about the rules anymore. He was doing drugs. He got with the wrong crowd. All of a sudden, his character, his development gets, you know, changed. And, you know, Daniel came into his life kind of like when Miyagi came to Daniel's life. It's the same thing. But now... 
Daniel Russell is reaching out to Robbie, and it's fine because he doesn't know who Robbie is until later it's revealed that, oh, he's Johnny Lawrence's son. <laughs> and then Johnny Lawrence gets pissed off because now it's like, dude, my rival's teaching my son not karate yeah, because it's kind of like, oh my god. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. And I like how they did that because it's just like, oh, you would never expect that to ever happen. And I think my favorite episode of season one, too, like, had to be the last episode, Mercy, because now it, like, it all culminates to the owner 18, all Valley Karate Tournament. And pretty much it was like to the point that, um, you know, it kind of made a callback to uh, the old movie. Because now it's like Cobra Kai first, ever, we learned that they're banned. They're banned since 85 due to the poor sportsmanship of those. But eventually they got reinstated. Like Johnny made a case, and eventually, you know, even though Daniel was on the committee, eventually the decision got overturned. Cobra Kai was let in, and now it's kind of funny because now Robbie's fighting for Miyagi Do, and Daniel's being almost like the sensei. First, Robbie was doing it independently, and now he's in there, and as I'm being Miguel and Robbie at the end. Of course, you know Miguel, you know spoilers, guys. He gets pissed off because he sees that you know Sam and Robbie are bonding. Now at first they were dating, but now it's like it all changed. And then, of course, Robbie gets his shoulder injury. And kind, of, kind of similar to how Daniel got injured in the first film with his leg. And Hawk, who, who was Dimitri, became um, Hawk. And pretty much became like that one dude went up to the shoulder and stuff. You know, Johnny said, why you do that? Why you being like that? He, he called him out because it's not the way. And, of course, Daniel tries to do the whole healing thing. Fucking <laughs> Robbie was funny as hell. But honestly, it was a shoulder injury. But, of course, Miguel ended up winning. He had some winning the match, and Cobra Kai finally, you know, became a name themselves, and now they're starting to get members. Yeah. And also, you see Daniel uh, being inspired by, by Robbie. He decides, you want me to... And that's where the nostalgia hit me more, is he decides to go where Miyagi's old house was. But he ended up... Upon learning that, Mr. Miyagi gave Daniel the compound, because, you know, if you remember watching the old uh, Karate Kid films... Miyagi lost his wife and son when Miyagi went to serve and his wife or son were at camp, you know. Because people don't realize in the 1940s because of fear that people were going to be against the Japanese Americans, mm -hmm. they were sent to these camps just to be uh, to be protected from the, you know, from society. And of course, the, the they're, yeah. And pretty much, you know, we find out that his wife died trying to give birth to the son. Like they both didn't make it. So, kind of seeing that Miyagi had Daniel being like his son and up leaving Miyagi, Miyagi, upon his death, we find out he died in 2011, mm -hmm. um, end up giving Daniel, like, basically the property and everything. So, Daniel being inspired at the end of this episode, you know, decided, you know what, I'm going to go back into it. I'm going to start going back and creating because, you know, he left it when, you know, he started a family, he started working, made his own life. Made his own life, he decided to go back to it because being inspired by Robbie and being, you know, seeing Johnny and seeing that Cobra Kai is coming back. And of course, this leads us to the shallowy figure that comes out at the end of the episode, which, guys, the biggest shocker of season one, the cliffhanger, was that's what happens with these shows. The cliffhanger, freaking John Kreese makes his appearance that so many years. Even though we saw the character Martin Cove come on the commercials for QuickBooks as Koala Kai, but just seeing him out there, it's like, <laughs> holy shit. I was like, what the heck? He's back. Freaking John Kreese is back. It would have it would have hit us more if Terry Silver came back too because that yeah that show would be funny as hell. Which hopefully they do do it for the next two seasons. That'd be cool to see Terry Silver make an appearance again. Psycho. 
<laughs> they should write him and he gets in trouble or something. He comes out of jail or whatever. So that like to help him. So now that brings us to season two. Which we kind of see pretty much um, we kind of see the whole the whole thing. I don't see what season two was almost like the fallout yeah. of the tournament, and also now the whole fight for power of Cobra Kai. And now, it's, at first, you know, John Case wants to you know join Cobra Kai. Jai says no. They had a fight and everything. John, and then he sees that John. That Chris is um has like he's been living in those like halfway houses or something and he's basically living in those halfway houses, trying to get himself taken care of. But you see that behind the scenes, he's basically trying to take Cobra Kai back from Johnny. Basically, that's the whole thing of, the, of what I got from the season two. And of course, you see Miguel's like behavior. Pretty much, you know, he's still broken up after Sam and stuff, and how Sam and Robbie their relationship starts like going up. And then, you know, and then, of course, season two sees more like Daniel, like, kind of stepping away from the car dealership world and focusing more on karate. Mm-hmm. To the point, he can cause tensions with him and his wife because he's, like, she's trying to do everything, like, because they both work together in the car industry. But seeing that his her husband, like, now is, like, abandoning that, abandoning her, like, leaving her behind. It's, like, at first she thought, she thought that, you know, this was, like, a little high, but she was afraid that Daniel was becoming more, it was becoming more of an obsession with it. Yeah, yeah. But it like this season two really kind of to me was yeah season one was really good because like I said it was like pretty much about character development but season two took off immediately and one thing I do like about season two is Johnny trying to involve the times because he barely got a smartphone barely learning the computer barely learning internet and remember when he like he had the old crate TV and like get the one of those like smart like those flat screen TVs too, <laughs> like he had involved at times like they go out to show him about like the internet and stuff how to set up the page for Cobra Kai and do all that stuff like oh my god it's hilarious. <laughs> like I said, I gotta I gotta go back and watch it again because mind you, I'm coming I'm coming into this. I'll be honest, I'm coming into this because I haven't seen Cobra Kai forever. Um, since it got put on Netflix, and I was gonna be the, I'm one of those people in the camp that I was like, oh well, if they're making the next two seasons, maybe I'll just wait till they upload the whole thing. But I do want to at least go back and and more or less the second season than the first, just trying to remember because it's still pretty cloudy for me. Um, because it's it's been a while since I've seen it. But um, fuck, it's I'm excited. I I think I'm so glad that they. They made a they made an impact on Netflix because then I don't think they would have gotten these shows uh, or these next you know the green light on the two seasons and uh, I think it's gonna be great. Uh, hopefully that doesn't change due to due to what the pandemic is becoming and and uh, I think I think uh, it's can only go up from here when it comes to the Cobra Kai series and and it's gonna be good. Uh, I will say at least with the second season with the power struggle between the two dojos, I I, I knew that I kind of saw that coming, what they're trying to do, but this is what gets me excited for part three because like that's how they ended, wasn't it? Just a big fight in the high school. Yeah, it's that big factions. fight. Oh yeah, we got to do about then, Tori, like, the character yeah. Peyton List. She comes out, she plays this girl named Tori who, mm. you know, she signs with Cobra Kai. He came kind of like giving um, Sam kind of like a rival. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. cool. Yeah. And then the, it culminated with these two because now with this it became tensions because now it's Miyagi Do versus Cobra Kai and you get a tension between the two dojos now 
And even though Johnny and you know and Daniel try to bear the hatchet, they try to get along, it kind of is hard because I remember that one episode where you know they are out to dinner. You know, mm-hmm. Johnny starts going out with Miguel's mom, starts hanging out with her, and you know Daniel and his wife. Amanda, they end up like going to this restaurant. The same restaurant. They end up going to the same restaurant, the same table. They came like this tension, and all of a sudden they start opening up, start having fun, cracking yeah, jokes. It's like, oh, we could but then something fun. happens. It's always something like happens, and then it became, you know. I think because he wanted to pay for dinner or some shit. And, and then, then they all started and like. And then like John was just like, come on, man, don't do this. And he didn't want to be like that. And you know, and then words are set. I, and that's what it is. Like we saw them being like, you know what? They could probably be really good friends if they really tried. Like they could probably get along. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they come from pretty rough beginnings too. Like from what we know, the Russo, it seemed like the Russo came from a single mom or a divorced mom. And- no, I think his dad died. He was cancer. He had cancer. His dad was sick. Oh, okay. So we like, learned that his dad was sick. So like, there you go. Like, are you kidding me? Like, they can relate on so much, but they they choose. And which um, I've been learning a lot um, these past couple of days is that uh, they choose to only focus on what makes them what what doesn't what makes them different instead of what brings them together. And I think that's the problem that we see in our society uh, all the time. So. Uh, I think that was cool that like they showed that little glimpse in the restaurant that it could have easily went back to some more ego shit, but they were, you know, for a, a brief moment, they were actually have. it seemed like they were having a good dinner night, you know, as, as I guess you could say general acquaintances yeah. who have a past. And the only thing too, I like for a fact that there's the cool. one episode where Johnny ends up going to seeing one of his buddies who's, you know, died of terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. He ends up seeing one of his buddies who used to hang out at Cobra Kai. That was like a little reunion with yeah. all of them. That was kind of cool seeing those guys. It was nice. Seeing them and they're all hanging out and stuff. But the, that was kind of cool, a little callback just to bring the actors and they show like the flashbacks and, you know, when they were kids and stuff. Yeah. That was good seeing those actors again all growing up. Um, but the one thing that kind of, you know, going back to, you know, the Tori and Sam dynamic because, you know, Tori and Miguel start seeing each other. They start developing a romance. And, of course, Miguel somewhat still has some feelings for Sam. You know, Sam and Robbie are starting to be a thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, they have this party where the girl who's friends with, you know, with Sam. And, you know, she was dating Hawk at the time. They decided to have a party by both, you know, people from the two dojos just to be like a piece. You know, she wanted to make things right. Yeah, let's just break And then all of a sudden it got to the point where people got drunk. And got to the point where, you know, Sam ended up kissing Miguel. Tori saw. She got pissed off. She ran off. Of course, they're running from the cops. The one thing that good comic relief is that that one adult guy, who's in a dojo, that one chubby dude, who honestly to me became like the comedian of the whole, became like kind of like the comedic aspect of the whole series. Because he needed to have to kind of, just to break that tension. Yeah. The guy's like, who's doing beer killings? Because he had his hands duct taped to the beer, he's trying to get up. And he brought his girlfriend. Yeah. And then a whole bunch of kids like, oh, I go to the dojo with them. We're all buddies here. I'm like, what the heck? They're all a bunch so of kids. Um, the guy was so hilarious. He started to call himself Stingray now because he decided to tie each other and braid his goatee. I'm like, what the fuck? He said, call me Stingray. I'm like, what the weird. Yeah, I, I don't know who came up with that character, but I'm not I'm not mad about it. Like, it, you know, you always got to have some sort of relief. He, you know what he reminded me of? He reminded me of um, Judah Freelander's character in, the, in 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. Just like not the same comedic style, but the same way it is. Just like uh, I'm gonna say something funny to break the ice. Like, it, it, you know, that, but it's another good thing about the show is that they kind of covered all their bases, but then they, now they're trying to, and and they were still able to kind of 
weave their own story. And then pretty time. much what happens is it kind of leads like going to the last episode, season ten, uh, season two, guys. Spoilers. Yeah. Um. You know, Robbie reaches up to his dad like, "Hey, can we crash at your place?" Because Sam is drunk. Mm-hmm. So they end up doing that to the point, you know, Daniel's trying to find out what happens, and all of a sudden, um, Sam didn't tell her parents, and of course, you know, technology found that iPhone, and of course, it tracked it to Johnny's place, and of course, as soon as Johnny opens the door, and Daniel sees her, sees him, he's freaking, sees daughter, he's freaking out, but not, and, it's, and all of a sudden, they get into it. Not any context. Not any context, they end up getting into it. Yeah. Which, honestly, to me, is like, if Daniel had a cooler head, I understand your daughter's out, but at the same time, you shouldn't let Johnny explain what's going on. But of course, he's a dad. He's gonna dad. think the worst. Think the worst of him. His daughter's out on night. Yeah, he's gonna think the worst possible thing. And of course, out of all the people that they track their phone to, it has to be in his nemesis apartment. Without, like, come on. What you know? I, that part was important too. I feel like to show, to to um, resolidify the fact that there's still that fucking animosity they have towards each other. That no matter what, that, and, but it shows just because you're a you're a middle aged man in your forties doesn't mean you don't you you're you're not mature. I'm sure there's people in this life who I'm sure if you're listening, if you're in this world, you have people in your life or you have come across people in your life who who act like these guys. I I we have people. I I know people in my life I, that I've met who do. I've worked with people like this. I've. I, we have family with people like this. Like it's it's it just makes you laugh that much more because it's just like damn. Not only do I see this on the screen, I know how this is. Like this person's still the same. So like that part. Like of course, if you were a father, I'm sure you'd understand that too. Uh, but that that shit was. I think it was good writing on that on their part. Um, and then it leads up to the one I thought was the best choreographic fight oh, ever. Fuck. Especially for a series that was on YouTube. But the school. Like, it got yeah, to the point where it erupted. Like, you see all these tensions. And you see everybody blowing. And it's funny. Even the Stingray, the dude that's trying to get a job as a security guard at the school. Because it's a, it's a new school year. Because, like I said, it takes place over the course of the summer. So, everyone's going back to school. But you had that tension. Like, Tori has that tension with Sam. So, it ends up Robbie and, you know, Miguel keep going at it. These dojos are, have been battling since the summer. So, they just bring this all in because they have to be in this building. All and by it got to the point where Tori actually calls out Sam. And it ends up leading that eventually Lisa and Miguel. It pretty much leads to everybody fighting. Eli, who ends up, was one of the friends with Dimitri, who came Hawk. You know, Eli says some reports, like, going back to one of the episodes, he does, you know, the Yelp reviews. Because he tried to get into Cobra Kai and start bashing them and stuff. And, you know, Hawk took that to heart. And then Eli tries to tell everybody, that's not who Hawk is. He was this guy, Dimitri, who, like, you know, he was a geek like, you know, I can relate because I'm a geek too. So, you have that tension them going on as well. It's like, that blows up as well. It's like, it, it became a good choreographed fight. It was a really, I, I appreciate the choreography of this show. Like, the stunt choreography for all the characters are good. And, of course, it culminates where you know, Robbie shows... Miguel shows mercy to Robbie because, you know, the whole thing... Because the whole thing in the second season was the whole power struggle between, you know, Johnny and, you know, John Kreese over to control the students of Cobra Kai. Because they were learning one philosophy from Johnny, and John Kreese was slowly trying to give the old Cobra Kai showing no mercy, strike first, you know, all that. Showing no mercy, you know, don't do mercy. While well, Johnny was trying to show a lighter side of Cobra Kai, all about the discipline... But being first, but being better than, than yourself. But at the same time, you know, you show some mercy to your opponent. 
and then eventually it all culminates with this fight. And of course, you know, Miguel show mercy to Robbie to um, to Robbie. All of a sudden, uh, Robbie accidentally kicks off Miguel over the balcony, and he lands on the stairs. It was one of the oh my god, that was a brutal fall. And honestly, I can tell he got paralyzed because I seen the trailer for season three. Um, it kind of, but the the way the season ended shows like you know they all got injuries because you know they all Sam's in the hospital too. They all got injuries like ribs and stuff. But Miguel took the brunt of it. Like it could be like a spinal injury or something because he's in right now. I think they had him like you know either he's in coma or something. Something happened. So we're covering. So we'll see Johnny more and you know the whole tension with that. And then he finds out. Johnny finds out that when he was away on the trip with his friends that John Kreese spoke to the landlord pretty much took full ownership of Cobra Kai Dojo and now he has his students under his belt now so basically now Johnny's basically out of the loop mm-hmm. and then the biggest thing from that last episode was on his phone that he gets a friend request from Facebook from Ali Mills Schwarber. So it kind of teases a possibility we'll see Abby come out. Maybe she had like a short end of the stick kind of life too. You never know. It's been 30 something years, right? Hopefully, I know it's the shoot. It'd be great. I know they've been talking about it. Hopefully, the trailer for season three is out. And right now, it is scheduled for next year. Um, The show's coming out next year, and then Netflix did renew it for four seasons. So hopefully. It does. Hopefully, Elizabeth Sue says she's open to the idea if they do call her, but she is open to the idea of coming back from Heiser Rose Alley. Because mm-hmm. she's pretty open to the idea of coming and see what is how they catch up. So maybe it could be said, maybe she's reached out to Johnny, maybe she can help him out because they dated before. Maybe Johnny will see, hopefully, they do for season three. My hopefully that, you know, he's down his luck. Maybe he'll reach out, like Allie reaching out to him with this friend request. Maybe they'll start communicating through Facebook once Johnny understands social media. I'll present on Miguel's show. Show them a little bit. But hopefully they'll get to a point where there's an episode where they're talking and stuff. And she tries to be like the console. Because now with this episode, kind of like... Now Johnny's relationship with Carmen and Miguel, I can tell, honestly, he's probably shattered because of the whole... What happened. Yeah. And now Robbie, they see his whole relationship with with Daniel, with the Lucifer family, is pretty much shattered as well. Mm-hmm. Because of it as well. So now it's like, and now, you know, Johnny not having Cobra Kai now, as is, you know, now because John Chris took over. So it, honestly, I can't wait for season three. I know we have to wait to freaking January for it. But overall, yeah, it was not too far away. It's not too far away, but too overall, much. I enjoyed this series, guys. I really seriously enjoyed the series. My final take on this show was it hit me on this notch record, but I liked for the fact it was just the writing. The writing was really great. I enjoyed it. It wasn't. It didn't feel rushed. There was a lot of character development. Characters that grasped your attention. That's what I like. The characters had the personality. It wasn't focused on one character. It wasn't focused on this character. Every character in that show had some development. That's what I like about it. Yeah, you had Russo and Lawrence there, but honestly, the more focus was more on the kids. It was more on the students themselves. I mean, yeah, but you had like conflicting mentors between, you know, Lawrence and LaRusso, but to me it was more about the kids in general because it's, you know, mm-hmm. their outlet, you know, and the and the background was I come from, which to me was really enjoyable. That's why I like about this. I had no complaints about the show whatsoever. I enjoyed it. What's your final take so far on the first two seasons? 
Um, excellent. I I think uh, it it's it's they're doing a good job with they're doing a good job with the continuation portion. I think this is um this is something that hopefully other studios can learn from if they're gonna go through this Hollywood route of doing these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, this is definitely a good example on where we see it being a success, subjectively, in my eyes at least. I see it as being a success. I mean, obviously the, the public has shown that, and, and when it comes to Netflix's trending thing, I mean, obviously they can control that on their end, but why would they fuck up the numbers on their algorithm for a property like that, um, considering that a lot of people pay a lot, there's a lot of money moving around there, so... I personally think that the show was was very well done, um, but this is me, like knowing I, I saw it beforehand. So, it's I think it's great. I really like it. I it's a really good show, and it needs to. Um, and I just I'm looking forward to the third season. I think it's gonna be good. I I also think that even with the third season being put out, it's gonna be trending again. I think they'll be on the top list again, and uh, <laughs> just in time for January, right? Uh, with a new year coming, hopefully things progressively get better. Uh, who knows? I I I don't want to put a ranking on it, but I I it's definitely something um, I'll look back on. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it'll be one of those things that I'll watch again. Um, just because I like the Karate Kid uh, universe, all that stuff. Um, I've always liked it, and and. I like Cobra Kai and all that shit. And Mr. Miyagi. I, I like all of it. Like everything. It's like. And even when we when we did the, the watch through again. I think it was cool. It just made me really like it again. It made me really. Uh, and then when you're able. It's it's cool to see stuff that you were raised on. With an adult lens. It's mm-hmm. really cool to see it. Because then you're able. You can understand better. And you can see yourself. Um, through each of these characters. As they grow. And. and Hopefully mature, but uh, yeah, I I'm really glad that they got a green light for two seasons. I think that's a good, I think that's a good call on Netflix's part. Let's just I hope that they don't chop it out and, and change and reconsider that because it, I can I'm sure those guys are having a great time. I'm sure like once they got the phone call to be like, hey, we want to green light you guys for another two seasons. I'm sure they were ecstatic. Because you got to mind you, like, this show's been out for a while already on YouTube. And then they barely uploaded it now. Mm-hmm. Who's to say they have... And think about it. If it's going to be up in January, they were, they've been filming. So I think it's amazing that these guys are, are given an opportunity again to show their acting chops. And to show why people really gravitated toward this property in the 80s. And where it's taken it to now. And through pop culture, you know, nostalgia. I think it's cool. Uh, and, oh, man, R.I.P. Pat Morata, because I, I wish he was there to see all this. But I think it's amazing that it's... I like the fact the show does a lot of callbacks to Yeah, <laughs> like, Miyagi's yeah, still living on through all that. Like, I, like they do a lot. I like to do, like, the, they do a good job with the cat and the flashbacks towards him and stuff. Yeah. And then Will Smith was, like, actually the producer for the show because, you know... Who? Will Smith was actually one of the producers for Willow the show. Willow or Will? Will Smith. Oh, Will Smith? Yeah. Hmm. Why? Because his son was in the one with Jackie Chan, but I think because yeah, but that was not even that good. But I think because he was a fan of the films as well. 
I don't know if he helped finance it. He probably the helped. Fan? Maybe I should be a producer. But he probably financed it as well, probably. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Fuck it. But like I said, it was good. But I mean, I don't think that some of the original writers get their the original stories ahead get their input on it. But overall, like I said, definitely check it out, guys. It's going on Netflix season one and two. Season three, I think, comes out January next year. I don't know. I forgot the date about it. But the trailer's out there for season three, which, like I said, I am excited. Because with me, it's like, during this thing, it was like, it was one of those shows where I'm hardly on Netflix. The only time I go on Netflix is either watching, because they have like certain animes, they have rights to. And this is one of the shows I actually watched all the way through because it was like, it's something that, you know, I grew up on Karate Kid. And then Which is so funny. It was, it just brought me back. And then, you know, doing the three weeks, of, you know, the watch-alongs of Karate Kid, just going through those movies where you'd be going, it was like, it brought that sense of nostalgia to me, but it kind of made more sense of what Cobra Kai is trying to show. But at the same time, it's like hopefully they do touch on more things. I mean, it'd be cool to see Mike Barnes hopefully makes an appearance or see what happened to Terry Silver. Because three kind of left the things like what happened to them? You know, I mean, we saw what happened to John Kreese, but we didn't see what happened to Terry Silver. Mm, yeah. I mean, even if he came out kind of later into the picture. But... We don't know. But like I said, that's why we're having these two seasons coming up. We'll see more character development. Like I said, hopefully we do see Allie. We do have to see Elizabeth Shue come back as Allie. Just, to, like I said, to be there for Johnny. To, to like, give him like comfort and counsel, pretty much. Just to see what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Get him grasp on the situation. And we'll see what's going to go on with Neil Dover's family going forward. And the whole thing now. Robbie Pye did with the Guild of Injury Miguel. See how, he, how Miguel is. Hopefully to find out if he's okay, you know? We saw him, he's laying in the emergency room, but we don't know yet how severe his injuries are. Because that, yeah. that was a big fall. It keeps you paralyzed. Who knows? It kind of then the whole, you know, what's going to happen now we know that John Kreese is taking forward your Cobra Kai. Is Johnny going to fight back? Is he going to take his doge back? We'll see how it happens. Are we really so Johnny going to team up? You don't know. That's why it's, I can't wait for season three of Cobra Kai. And like I said, we're going to have to wait a few months. So a couple months. So... Definitely, guys, definitely check it out. It's currently on Netflix, which seasons one and two. And like I said, watch the Cry Kid films as well. Just give yourself a little background. Watch those films as well, so that way you guys got a better understanding of the story. All right, um, switching gears, um, I want to give you my anime recommendation of the week. And then we'll go to people's like tips, so before we wrap up. Um, this week's anime, I, don't know, I started watching it today, earlier. I was watching it in dub because I've seen the sub of it. Um, it's called Konosuba, God's Blessing on This Wonderful World. Um, it's one of those isekai. Isekai is Japanese for another world. It's a show that the anime's been out since 2016, but I watched it in sub, but Crunchyroll finally had the dub for it. And they got, I can recognize some of the voice actors, the English voice actors. Of course, the one who does the voice of Megami is um, Erica Mendez, who does the voice of Aretzko. She has always a Red Skull. She's also most of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Micro Academia 2 Heroes. And she does a lot of voice work. Faye Mata's the voice of Aqua. Yeah, I forgot the name of the guy who does the voice of uh, Kazuma. But basically, the whole story is based on a light novel. And it's also a manga adaptation. Basically, it, the whole plot of it is um, Kazuma Saro, he's basically he's a Japanese teenager who's shut and eat. And pretty much, um, one day, um, he ends up like dying. Uh, he ends up being, he meets before a guy's name, Aqua, who pretty much offers him different alternatives. Like, she gives him choices where he can, you know, go to heaven 
or get re get reincarnated back in Japan, like be reborn again as a baby and go through life again, or go to another world, almost like similar to like a video game. And the funny thing is, he gets so pissed off because she finds like he kind of curious how he died, and pretty much I'll give away some of the beginning just to get your attention is. Um, first he died trying to save a girl who he thought was going to get hit by a truck. Obviously, was going to get hit by a tractor. And, you know, if you've seen tractors in real life, you were pretty slow. Yeah, very and, um, slow. <laughs> and so he ends up, I guess he dies from a heart attack. And she starts making fun of him because he dies from a heart attack. The girl's okay. He, he, she died, he dies from a heart attack from shock. Apparently, he pissed his pants. And she starts making fun of him. And But she's like, oh, you can have any wish you want. If you want to go back to another world... You can have a skill, and then you can take something with you. Mm-hmm. And there's a uh, world being terrorized by the Devil King, and it's going to be a game. It's a world similar to a video game. You can level up and stuff, kind of like a role-playing game, since he loves video games and stuff. Like I tell he's a gamer. So, after being ticked off by the goddess Sako, who honestly, she's kind of cute, uh, he decides to take her with him. So, and she gets pissed off, because now she has to go with him, and now that's start from scratch, you know. Earn her keep, defeat the Devil King, so that way she can go back. And basically, they run into a bunch of colorful characters. Um, there's a girl named Megamine, who pretty much uses the world explosion magic. But she can only use the spell once a day before it knocks her out. And then this girl named Darkness, who basically, she's a... Um, oh my god. She's like a knight. She's a crusader, but she's a masochist. So she gets off of being, like, talked down to. And take, she, can't, she, can, she can swing a sword, but she can't... Pretty much hit anything, but she can act like a shield. But she's a masochist, so she gets off. So he has this red tag team of girls. Like she has the guys, he has the guys Aqua who can do healing magic with water and stuff. He only has like his his skills are kind of low, but he has the highest luck skill. So he has he's born with a lot of luck skills. So basically, they're trying to survive in the world and pretty much you know do main tasks and stuff to eventually you know take on the Devil King as generals. So it's it's kind of like a it's like one of those idols world comedy. It's more like a comedy type of anime. On um, the manga, I heard the manga is really good. It's based on light novel as well. Light novel is really well, but the anime is funny. The animation is really good. Um, Kyle Kyle does a production for it. Um, you can watch it either sub or dub. It's up to you guys. Um, I watched it sub, and the dub is actually not that bad. I mean, they kept a lot of the. They didn't have to localize it too much anyways. Actually, they didn't much anyways. So kind of like they kept some of the same jokes and stuff they did in the original Japanese version. Um, you can watch it on Crunchyroll, I believe. It's only on Crunchyroll that I've seen so far. I haven't seen it on any other platform. Unless you can buy it on Amazon or something and buy it, purchase it. Probably buy the Blu-ray, but definitely check it out. It's called Konosuba. God's blessing on this wonderful world. It's hilarious. It's, a, it's one of those autos world comedies, so definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, what you got for uh, pro-life tip today, Biko? Um, I actually have, I found two that I like, that I think are very, I mean, they're not super big prolactins, but definitely good for, it's a very, a very good lesson for everybody because it, it couldn't relate to everybody. Um, actually I got a couple because during these, especially with the holidays coming up and mm-hmm. it being Halloween. So, um, so considering with holiday coming up and all that stuff, um, and I know that the news is. Is encouraging people to not gather for parties. Uh, so obviously everyone does Halloween different. People will go trick or treating. That's going to be greatly affected this year. Um, but the one thing people like to call me is Halloween parties, costume parties. Come on, everybody lives up for a week. Love it. I love it. Like Halloween's my favorite. It's honestly the only holiday I like to celebrate. Everything else could 
<laughs> I'll keep my opinion to myself. Anyways, uh, this life pro tip, um, one of them I want to say is uh, goes out to the people who are, who do, you know, who want to, uh, who are big Judas Priest fans and want to break the law. <laughs> it's not really a law, it's just recommended. But um, it's life pro tip number one. If you're going to throw a party for a legit reason, a day before, knock on your neighbor's doors to let them know you're doing so. And if you get too loud to, to come knock and tell them to come knock on the door and they're welcome to join. Um, which it's saying, and this person throws like a subtitle into it and saying most of the time they'll say something like, oh, it's your birthday, so we'll tolerate it tonight. Or your neighbor might say, thanks for letting us know. That's way they won't call the cops. It's called being friendly to people who live around you. It's called having some consideration. Mm -hmm. um, and then somebody had commented it, another one to how he. Uh... Oh, here you go. He's like, one time our upstairs neighbor we never met came down and knocked on our door. I'm assuming they live in an apartment mm -hmm. complex. They told us that they were having a party and gave us a card with their number out to call them. And if they got too loud, honestly, I don't remember if they were even loud or not that night. But if they had been, I wouldn't have even cared one bit because they had the respect to let us know and to give us an option to contact them if there was an issue. Hmm. And then someone said, oh, my God, my brother said and I did the exact same thing when we were living in a two-story apartment. And we're living together, except we were the upstairs neighbor. And my neighbor had kids, so we got really concerned for them. Like, that's awesome, man. It goes to show you there are good people in this earth, guys. It's just the media only focuses on the shit. Yeah. There are good people in this world. Um, another life pro tip, which I think we can all learn from every fucking day of our lives. Because it's, it's so hard to catch it if you're not paying attention. But it's saying, life pro tip number two. If you get a gut instinct or if so, around someone that makes you feel uncomfortable or whatnot, if you just get a regular, even if you just get a gut instinct in a situation or a person that makes you feel uncomfortable, follow it. Even if that person is super popular or liked. And for me, I, I sat on it because I was like, all right, well, let me, let me see what the comments, because I was interested in that. And another person goes like, oh, I'd suggest you'd listen to it rather than follow it. Your instincts have helped you have helped keep your ancestors alive. So it is a valid piece of information that is within your 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 mental your mentality, but it shouldn't override all the other information presented to you as well. Hmm. And then the the original post said I stand corrected. Um so it's true. Um which I I'll make a little edit. I, I see what the guy's saying. In certain situations, like your gut, you should follow your gut most of the time. It's like he mentioned, like your aunt, these are all based on evolutional um, evolution that you carry from your ancestors. So, and I, even when I look back, there's plenty of times where if I just followed my fucking gut when it when it you know gave me that light, I should have fucking did it. And there, and but that's what's called what making a mistake and learning from it. And I think people tend to forget that, that we're all make mistakes, man. We all have to. That's just part of learning. That's just, that's, that's just, and then when you learn that, what is that called? A lesson. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a very important one that people need to get behind because I think it could, it could really save you in a lot of situations. I'm not saying my, it's perfect 100% of the time, but my gut has definitely saved me in a lot of situations that I shouldn't have been in in the first place, but I made the decision to be in.
So um, that's another one. And my last one for the night, I want to say, guys, which is very important because another one is this is a financial one. And it's about your bag. And it states, this person put, if the company you work for ever has a team meeting and one of the leaders or the executives say, if you're just here for a paycheck, leave. You know what you do? You leave. Now he brings some context. Holy shit. Okay, I'm going to try to summarize this stuff. Um, OP is saying, I used to be a training specialist for a garbage call center. Some of you may know about called Sykes. It's a third-party call center that takes contract calls for other clients such as Intuit, Expedia, and many more. They generally pay as little as possible and are set out to hire anyone with a pulse that can make it through the day without actively using hard drugs on site. Thought that thought that's not always though that's not always the case. Um, I've sat in front of several hundreds of new hires and listened to upper management give the same speech about how everyone is there because they love working for their clients and that there is endless possibilities within the company. Without fail, at some point someone would say that dumb phrase: "If you're just here for the paycheck, leave." Yeah, my tip: If you're working for a company like this, fucking leave. You're worth. You, I would suggest leaving. You're worth more than that company will ever pay you for. Very rarely did it end up being the path to success that was promised to you during the training and the interview process anyways. At the end of the day, the most valuable thing you bring to the company is yourself. Make sure yourself is getting paid what you're worth. Edit. And he's got several fucking edits. Uh, edit. Obviously, I don't mean to storm out of the room like an angsty teenager. This is instead should be the turning point where you start exploring other options and really assess who what you want to do. Mm. Learn what you should be looking for at your next job, the red flags, and to become more aware and to ask questions during the interview. And then for those asking if I knew or taught actually anyone who actually left the room, yes, I have. Not always just because that statement, but because some people can see through corporate propaganda from a mile away. And making minimum wage isn't worth joining a company with the client is a god and you're a number mentality. Yeah. I quit my job as that training specialist because I was tired of lying to desperate people who needed that paycheck. They show up knowing what they're in for initially, and then some guy making $45,000 tells a bunch of people, or making $45,000 a year, tells a bunch of people making $30,000 in his life is perfect, all thanks to Sykes. I've seen that practice at other places, and it's all the same crap. Um, and this is the one thing I do really like that I'll point out because I, I agree with this guy and I, and, and I've, I've throughout my life, I've done, I've held a lot of several jobs in different industries and I can tell you this is, you do not, don't take this with a grain of salt. Do not take this with a grain of salt because it will happen. I realized my worth, looked for a job that's best for my career and salary goals and I went for it. I'm now a project manager for a large payroll company and I fucking love it. But if someone hadn't given me the same tip I posted here, I'd probably be still at Sykes. Hmm. That's fucking amazing. And then look, it, and <laughs> it's funny because he's done again. again he had, though, it's funny because Reddit always does it. There's just so many teenagers on Reddit that just don't, all these guys who talk shit don't, obviously there's a lot of them who lack experience in life. And the one, this one says, like, people still reading this as quit your job now when that's not the point of this post. However, those of you thinking that it would be definitely make great employees at Sykes. Yeah, if you're thinking that, get the fuck out. Um, and then he just kind of resettles saying, once again, this entire 
point of the post is, is don't settle for a job where your value isn't appreciated. Mm-hmm. There are other jobs and other companies where you can grow and develop a potential career that you may end up loving. Be smart. Ask questions. Make a Reddit thread if you have to with faceless people where other faceless people can make wide assumptions on your life based on one post. In the end, maybe you'll discover something or help somebody along in their journey. Hmm. So what you're saying is just like, dude, value yourself. I know everyone has different circumstances and, and like obviously with the with COVID going on, with 2020 being probably the worst, not saying the, this is subjective. Um, in modern society, this is some shit, guys. Um, and as a person talking, I'm not having the best year myself. So reading this, this is, it's good. Like that there's still people out there who, uh, like, like I said, I resonate this message so much because I, I would have given the same advice. I agree. Like you, you have such a short life. Your body's only capable of working hard through what the 20, 30 years of your life. And then you got to start making some hard decisions you need to come across and, your value should be something you should never compromise. And um, it's taken me a long ass time to learn this. Um, and even with this year, it's that this year has become something like that too. So uh, that was, I wanted to end my life pro tips segment with that point is to just know your worth, guys. Just know that there's always going to be another company who's going to value. There's there's plenty, there's jobs out there, guys. I'm not saying there isn't. There's always some a job for everyone. They're lying to you when they say they don't. It's just the problem is they. This is what they do. The haves, the haves, and the have-nots. Right? The haves are the ones that are always going to make it seem like we don't have, we don't have any value. That we only work to live, and that's bullshit. You don't earn a living. You're living already. So all I say is, don't. Life's too short. Don't fucking. Don't settle for just whatever it is. Don't think you're not qualified for something. Look at, look at, take it from the training specialist. He went from being a training specialist to a project manager. Project management is very difficult, but it's very rewarding when everything comes together. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I want to end with that, guys. Know your worth, and if you're in a shitty situ- work situation, try your best. Recognize, recognize the red flags in your company and, and make a decision for yourself. But whatever works, I hope it works for the best. In your certain senses, because everyone's different. But yeah, know your worth. That's what I like. I want to end it with. Know your worth. All right, that's that's great, man. That's great, Biko. That's a good segment. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, that will do it for tonight. Um, make sure to follow us at Facebook.com/slash/TalkingPop. You can follow us on Twitter at PopTalking. Um, you can check out our merch store at Teespring.com/slash/TalkingPop. We got shirts, we got hoodies, especially it's getting chilly outside. Make sure you get yourself warm up. We got mugs. You can drink yourself a little cup yes. of joe. So, but don't worry, designs are coming soon. I am coming up with some designs for future shirts, so those were coming up soon. You can make sure to follow us on Facebook, so that way you guys get updates. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, and also we're on iHeartRadio, guys, and Spotify as well. You can follow us on there. That way you guys can keep up to date on our episodes. We come out every Tuesday. We call it Podcast Tuesday for a reason. That's it. Um, Have a good night. As always, geek on and take care.
Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise and Biko. Just letting you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Talking Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstronaut logo on there. Also, we have stickers so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, wherever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care.